it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. May I present a pair of fellow sophisticates? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. A high fly to deep left field. Going back is Upton. And Dozier has gone deep. And the Twins have a five-run seventh inning. So you guys, I'm sure you guys have been all over. Murph was in with you, Collar. The Dozier stuff that came out on like Sunday or Monday. You guys probably ran hard with that. We did. Uh, All I could do from Arizona spring training and no microphone the last couple days was just like stew and think about like rage on the inside. You could tweet about it. I think people are blaming him a little. I see people blaming him for making and Maybe you guys, I don't know. I didn't even catch what your guys' opinions were on the show this week, but uh, him making a big deal out of it. I think when someone asks you a question, you're going to answer it, and he answered it in a in as sort of diplomatic a way as possible. Yeah, and and just to be clear, though, this discussion goes back to Twins Fest because I I went back and looked at this. Derek and a bunch of people wrote about this at Twins Fest and asked Dozier the question. Then he answered it. Then uh, Twins Daily, like a week and a half ago, did the same thing. Yeah. So that this was just this was the most extensively that Dozier has commented on this to the biggest entity that there is in the Star Tribune. Okay. So the Star Tribune was late to the party on this. Lavelle and Neil spent a little bit too much time at the cigar bar. Well, that cigar, dude, that cigar bar is really good. Okay, let's it cut is. Lavelle some slack. So here's the thing. All right, he yeah. turns 31 years old in May. He's one of the best position players in baseball. I'm a little bit perplexed as to why the Twins, even with a dying free agent market, I get I get why they would look around and say, I don't know, I don't know why we'd want to overpay for a 31 year old when. J.D. Martinez can barely get a deal in the free agent market, right? But why not float a lowball three-year offer Dozier's way? It sounds like there's really been no conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's one thing if there's been some conversations and, hey, we just don't feel like the market's there, that you're not going to be. So let's just let this play out. There's been no conversations. I I guess I would go to him just to to see, go to his agent right now. How about a three-year deal for like 40 or $45 million? And I'm sure him and his agent would say, like to explore getting a five-year deal for a hundred million because my client has built up a nice little resume but if you at least have some conversations and make it clear to your best position player him and byron buxton are going to be kind of one and two in that department Mm -hmm. we want you around for at least a few years he's not going to fall off the cliff this year he's 31 he's not going to fall off the cliff maybe he falls off the cliff in like four years Mm -hmm. when he's 35 years old but again he's one of the best position players in the league and he's a gold glove caliber defensive player He's got more home runs than any middle infielder in baseball the last four years by like 30 bombs. To not even strike up a conversation is a little bit odd to me. I don't think that Falvey has an interest in in insulting Dozier and his camp here. And here's where I like it. 
the market this winter fell off the table. And so you could tell them, Brian, go explore your, your options next winter. Um, there, there is a free agent class led by Bryce Harper that's going to get signed, and they're going to be outstanding. But you could also bank on this. There's a very good chance that that next group of players, which Dozier, uh, Dozier's a very good player, but he's going to be in that next group, are going to get low-balled again. And he'll come back, potentially. And if he doesn't come back... You've got options. I just I get what they're doing, and but I, I and I've said this for two days now. I don't see this as being cheap twins. I think a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, they're being cheap again." I don't see it that way. I see this as a new business model of, if you look at the market, I don't see a real need to go and and offer him a lowball deal that's going to insult him. I think you encourage him if you want to examine the market and. And if in July you start to struggle and things have have not gone as expected, potentially trade him. So I have no problem with this strategy at well, all. Well, that's the other thing too. If if you're not planning on bringing him back or engaging in meaningful contract extension discussion or dialogue, you should consider trading him. And I think they will. So, but but if you're but here's the thing: if if you're in contention like we expect, they absolutely will not be trading him before July 31st. Mm-hmm. The time to trade him would have been last off season when they had a deal for Jose DeLeon, and that's, you know, he's had injury issues, and he's one of the bright young pitching prospects, but his his uh, bulb has been dim the last couple of years, so it's good that they didn't pull the trigger on that deal. Uh, I just think, like, here here's another measurement for how good Brian Dozier has been the last four years, and this is this is what's going to be really hard to replace if he's not in your plans going forward. You can't just say, well, you got Nick Gordon coming up and Jorge Polanco. Well, those are those are all just theories and lottery tickets. Brian Dozier is a reality the last four years, and he's been a little up and down within the season, but at the end of the year, he produces results. More home runs than any middle infielder in baseball the last four years. And if you take wins above replacement as an all-encompassing offensive-defensive metric, it's it's a it's a measurement that front offices are leaning on much more than batting average and RBIs and things like that. They want to know player value. Only 13 position players, if you if you add up the last three, uh, the last four seasons, only 13 position players have more wins above replacement than Brian Dozier. And that list includes Mike Trout, Josh Donaldson, Jose Altuve, Paul Goldschmidt, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Joey Votto, Mookie Betts, Adrian Beltre, Buster Posey, Bryce Harper, John Carlos Stanton, and mm-hmm. Anthony Rendon. He's ahead of Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, Justin Turner, who's been incredible for the Dodgers the last couple of years, Andrew McCutcheon, Francisco Lindor, Robinson Cano. I could keep going. I mean, he is one of the best players in baseball. So to not eat, like to, for but, him but, to but, feel disrespected in his prime is, is just an you, odd. Okay, but if you go to him and say three years, for 45, he's going to feel disrespected by that. Well, no, but he'll feel like you want him back. Like he's literally saying. They'd know, but they would know that, that you're trying to to get a deal that, that's going to only be fa- favorable to the club. But, he, but he's it's saying, just as insulting, he, He's saying they don't want me back. They haven't even approached my my agent. And I don't think that's necessary. I think you can go and at least have some exploratory conversation. Welcome to the big bad business world, Brian. Dozier. But then he's gone. But then he's going to leave the team after this season if he can get a good co- contract el- elsewhere. And they're banking on the fact that the market is going to, uh, other than a few really good guys next year, they're banking on the fact that the market is going to be equally soft next winter. They might be wrong, but, but they're banking on. But that. doesn't? He, but is that a gamble you want to take with a guy in his prime? Who's he, you can talk about? Oh, he's thirty-one years old. He ain't in danger of being irrelevant in two years. 
he's still going to be a very, very good player who could also, if his range starts to dip, you can move him to third base at some point, I'm sure. Like the Giants, there was rumors two years ago, the Giants were looking to maybe trade for Brian Dozier and move him to third base because they have Joe Panic at second base that they like, and they've got Brandon Crawford at shortstop. Mm-hmm. So a team could easily do that. And, and I guess all I'm saying is Brian Dozier, and tell me if you agree, feels like a grudge guy a little bit. There's some guys who just— He's got some Case Keenum to Kirk him, Cousins yes. is a grudge guy. Chip on his shoulder guy, yeah. yeah Brian Dozier sure is, is a grudge yeah. guy. And, yeah. if, and if he's a grudge guy and, and he feels like you don't want him back and he's yeah. going to say, you know what, at the end of the year, I'm going to go play somewhere else, you can't just replace what he's given you with— Nick Gordon. Oh, let's put Nick Gordon in. It'll but be all the can, same. It'll be cheaper. But you can still go, go to him during the course of this year and start to talk to him in June or July. I mean, it's not. I I feel as if as if now we're to to the point of oh my gosh, this is done. And once the the opening day comes and goes, that that's going to be it. And that's not the case. No, nobody is saying here that that there is no potential for in season negotiations. He's kind of saying that. Brian Dozier's kind well, of saying. Well, he's saying that. I don't want it to be a distraction. But you don't but you don't go to Brian and and sit down and talk contract. You, you go to his agent. My point being is this doesn't bother me at all. This is not and this to me is not the twins being cheap. This is the twins being pretty smart and looking at a market that dried up and saying, and if Dozier go, you know what? If Do- Dozier wants to go sign a low ball three year contract with Pittsburgh, I guess that's the chance that, that you take. But you could potentially sign him during the season. You could potentially still trade him. There are a ton of options, and there is a lot of time here. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. This doesn't bother me. But I think not engaging him or his agent at all in the offseason going into a contract year is a little bit disrespectful. 651-646-8255. What's up, Tom? Hey, guys. Um, I, I'm a little irritated with Dozier about uh, cutting open a vein about this. I like it when players talk and and open up to the media a little bit. But uh, when you're talking about money, you just sound like Ray Edwards complaining year after year after year about how you're not paid enough. Um, and just, it seems like with Suhan, he likes to he likes to stir the pot a little bit. And I, I mean, I never really liked the guy. And quite frankly, you guys' uh, show is better off without him. And I'll get your comments off the air. Wow, Tom, bring in the, bring in the fire. Uh, on Tom's first point, I, I would say... Jim does like to stir the the, oh, the pot. Yeah, Let's get to the second point. point first, fellas. <laughs> our show has always been awesome. We think, anyways. Yeah, we've always enjoyed the show and all our guests. <laughs> all of our guests. Judd has a corporate hand up his back. All of our guests. On on that first point, oh. I would feel the same way Tom did if it was complaints about money or not getting paid enough. That's not what's happening here. At no point has Brian Dozier ever said, I deserve more money. He's saying, my contract runs out at the end of September, and I'd love to keep playing here, but so far there's been no indication whether they want to pay me $5 million or $20 million, that they want to pay me anything beyond 2018. And people are asking him to. So if you go to Dozier and he doesn't talk, you're, you're going to say, well, well, he's not being candid. And he, if he does talk, so you're going to say, so that... that if, He's telling you he wants if, to come back and play for the if Twins. If Dozier was standing in the middle of the clubhouse in Fort Myers complaining about this, that's different. But he's just being asked the question. We'll get to Wetmore here in Fort Myers. He's at JetBlue today for Twins Red Sox in a second here. Dan, you're on the show. Hey, guys. I kind of uh, I kind of see both your points on this. And actually yesterday I think I was kind of siding with Judd. And I was appreciating the business savvy of Falvey and Levine. Um 
But Phil, I think you raised good points. And now I kind of feel as though the whole Dozier thing, it's one thing if he's asking for a hundred million or something kind of ridiculous. Cause as much as I like him in the clubhouse and he hits for power, you know, he's never really hit for a ton of average and I wouldn't want to pay him stupid money like that. But in terms of, you know, there's no salary cap in baseball. So this is where I would get irritated. I had no problem with him not signing you Darvish for a ton of money because I just don't believe in long-term contracts for pitchers that get older and this and that, especially for a guy that pitches once every five days, unless it's going to be someone like more along the lines of Scherzer and Kershaw. But I don't see a replacement for Dozier where you're going to upgrade a ton. Uh, so if you're just going to, if you, if you don't want to pay him a ton of money and then you don't go out and sign anybody comparable and you don't take that money and sign anybody next year with a good free agent class, and you tick off a guy who is kind of the heartbeat of the organization, especially since Tory's gone, then I would have a problem with that. So I guess I'm just curious to see what you guys have to say about that. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Dan always brings good points. Uh, we're going to get to Wetmore here in a second, but, you know, he's – if you were like, – like Dan said, if you were demanding a $100 million contract, and maybe he will at some point, but that's not even what this is but about. This still... is about, hey, I want to come back and sure. play. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if these guys want me back. There's still time here, though. I'll go. I'll go back – to that point there's time here i mean they can negotiate they could trade him let's slow we're, we're acting like this is it and I, I think we're jumping the gun and and it's a good spring training story i completely get that guy who's been a star for your team going into the final year of his contract i i get the storyline but i also think like we're jumping to the conclusion that this is going to be it and you know what if the twins come to him in july with, with a Four-year offer that's good, he's going to take it. We can talk about this, and also the Twins made some cuts this morning, some big-time names in their minor league system we can get to. Uh, it's the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready or not. On 1500 ESPN. All right, he's grinding out. It's like a week of flu games for Derek Wetmore. He's just resuscitating himself in the morning. It's a, it's a Jordan-like week. Derek is at JetBlue. Are you flying out today? Is this your last day in Fort Myers or tomorrow? Last day in Fort Myers, but I got the uh, early morning flight tomorrow. Yeah, you, you sound okay. You don't sound so bad. You sound very nasally. Well, I'm really, yeah, I'm, I'm putting on a good fight, Judd. Uh, it's, uh, yesterday, you would not have wanted to talk to me. Today, maybe that's just a little bit less the case. That's my hope yeah. anyway. Let's start with the Dozier stuff because uh, this will be Derek's first chance to chime in on this for the week here. So Brian Dozier's in his prime. He turns 31 years old in May, and he is, according to wins above replacement, if you want to use that as an all-encompassing offensive-defensive measurement, the 14th best position player in the league the last four years. So he's one of the best in the league. The eye test shows that. Twins fans can see that. Does it rub you the wrong way on behalf of Dozier that there's been no discussions about a contract extension? It's not even about, like, money that they're haggling over. They haven't even had a discussion with him yet. Yeah, I think he's well within his rights to be pretty frustrated about that. And honestly, Phil, I think Twins fans do too. As a guy who does not play this card very often, um, I think this is a clear case of being cheap. I think that it is a situation where, look, if he wants like a six-year deal and $120 million or just some ridiculous figure, then look, I'm not going to blame anybody for backing away from the poker table and saying, we'll go get a more 
affordable alternative somewhere else, whether it's in free agency where guys are struggling to get deals, whether it's in a trade, or whether it's just promoting a guy like Nick Gordon and playing second base for you. I wouldn't blame them for finding a cheaper alternative, but to not explore the possibility or to not even consider like a three-year deal for a guy who's been your best player, yeah, I, I could see why he'd be upset, and I can see why fans would be irked too. Now, my point is this in defending the team, though, Derek. When you look at at the market that we're coming off of and how it yeah. dried up, if I'm the Twins, one, one, there is still time to approach him. It's not done yet. And two is, if I'm Falvey, I'm saying to myself, okay, I could go talk to him right now, and I could lowball him, and he might take it. He probably won't. Or, or I could just wait. And if things don't go like I expect, I could potentially trade him. If he's going well, you know what? I pony up in June or July and, and offer. But worst case is if I don't, he goes to market. And there are a there are a handful of guys who next winter are going to get paid, led by Harper. I get that. But Dozier's going to fall sort of in that next camp. And there's a good, there's a decent chance that the market is going to be soft again, in which case I could very much go back and probably get him back. Yeah, I don't think that it's done by any means that Dozier's not going to be a Minnesota twin for life. But that's my point, Judd, is that's being cheap. You you are waiting to see that you get the best possible deal. And look, I've argued in favor of that for a long time, basically since I've been writing about baseball. Mm-hmm. But I do I, I start to feel almost a little guilty in that the uh, sort of stats head discourse has driven this market in this way. Now all 30 major league teams are being run in a way (laughs) that you're just trying to maximize every dollar spent in terms of wins on the field. And, and I get that. I think it's all about efficiency, especially for a mid or small market team. But I also think there's something to be said for, well, he's a good player and you can just get this deal done, especially if it's a short term and it's not going to hamper you. Look, I totally understand the twins could probably get a better deal. Look, uh, who's still out there right now? Neil Walker's looking for a job. He's not as good as Brian Dozier, but he's like some percentage good as Brian Dozier. If you could get him for two million bucks, that's a better deal than signing some rich contract for Dozier. So I think there are two parallel conversations here. One is, would it be a good deal to sign him? Would it make absolute financial sense? No, I could give you five reasons right now why you wouldn't sign Brian Dozier to a contract extension. The parallel conversation is, yeah, but you can afford it. He's one of your best and most popular players. It wouldn't hamper you for the long term to still go after free agents next next winter. So, I, look, I don't think that I blame the Twins for not making a run, but I think you could also very fairly cast the criticism that this is flat out being cheap. You know, the, the other conversation, I can't tell if it's just made-up speculation, reckless speculation by you and Mike Berardino and the other Twins writers. It's just been a month, and you're scratching and clawing. But this Byron Buxton extension concept, is that something – it's definitely a thing where front offices try to lock up young talent to buy out some of their free agent years. A, is that an actual thing that is brewing behind the scenes? And B, whether it is or isn't, what would a fair contract look like, Derek? That's something I'm working through right now because I'm actually curious to know what a Brian or what a excuse me Byron Buxton extension might look like from a Twins perspective. I told you guys last week that it makes all kinds of sense for them to want to do that. Guy shows signs of that his breakout is real, some sustained success, one of the best defensive players in baseball. You expect that for the next five, six, seven years, 
those skills won't slump. And if you believe enough in the bat, it's basically taking a calculated risk by saying, okay, we'll pay you a little bit more than you would have made in arbitration. And as our benefit, we get some of your free agent years. Teams, teams have tried to do that for a long time. Um, but whether it's real or not, I can tell you that it's something they would think about, that they would entertain. But you look at the deals that get done now, Phil, it's much, much less than what you would have seen five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. Uh, Francisco Lindor was reportedly approached by the Indians over the winter, say, hey, you want to make a multi-year deal where we buy some of your free agents and we'll pay you $100 million plus? And his camp said, that's a generous offer, but no thanks. We're going to play this thing out. Because I think players and their agents are getting smart to the idea that the real money is made in free agency, especially for guys who get to the big leagues very young. If you get there when you're 25, man, that gets tough to make money because teams are going to argue with you in free agency that you're 31 and you're on the downslide. But if you get to the big leagues at 21, you've got some peak earning potential. That's why Manny Machado is going to get paid. That's why Bryce Harper is going to get paid. I don't necessarily think that he's in that same class of player necessarily, but that's why I told you guys last week that if I'm Buxton, man, I'm not taking a deal like that unless it's absolutely loaded uh, in terms of years and dollars because the earning potential is just so much greater if you get to free agency rather than letting a team buy out your free agent years. So uh, to circle back on something that you brought up before, explain this. When when you talk about uh, the perception of of guys on the market right now and, and how baseball executives have certainly evolved and changed, what do you think the perception is of, of players? And what now constitutes a player that is considered a, a desirable guy to sign to a contract? Because yeah. I, I think that I think when we're talking about the guys who were late to sign and, and or have not signed by this point, that's definitely a, a shift in philosophy from what we would have seen, let's say, five to ten years back. Well, I agree with you. I think that I hate to use the word, but players are seen now as commodities where you're just playing board games and figuring out what's our optimal strategy to employ to win as many games as we can as affordably as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a smart way to run teams. It's how teams should run. Here are the rules. Play the game as uh, you know, competitively as you can. And I think that this is, this is going to be a problem for the players because the guys that you want to pay – we talk about this with prospects all the time where there's like the high ceiling guys who you're not sure about. There's what I call a high variance where they could be a multi-year all-star or they could flame out in double A and not make the big leagues. That's a, that's a really high ceiling and a really low floor. The guys that you try to pay Judd are the guys that are at that. They have that high upside potential, which Byron Buxton clearly has demonstrated, but then they also have this very, very small degree of risk. Like, right now you would say that Miguel Sano has this great upside, but there's also this huge amount of uncertainty and risk and variance involved. If you were to give him a seven-year deal, I'd feel much less confident about that right now than you would about Byron Buxton, just knowing what we know on this very day, March 7th. The teams, or the, excuse me, the players that teams are trying to sign are not only those great players but they're also the face of franchise type players who you, you know that you can trust. You can say, hey, for seven years, we can give you all this money. We know that everything's going to be solid, that you're going to continue to work to improve yourself all the time. You're going to be a good ambassador for our club. And on top of that, 
you're going to be a great player. There's very few of those guys, but it does turn out to be a really great deal for the teams if you can lock that guy up and you know he's going to be a twin for whatever, five, six, seven more years. You can kind of plant your flag in a guy like Byron Buxton. Uh, so Derek Wetmore is down in Fort Myers here. This is his last day here. He's been down there for a month, and he's crawling to the finish line with flu-like symptoms, but you can find all of his work at 1500ESPN.com and also on the Touch em All podcast. The Twins made uh, a round of cuts today, so if there's anyone that stands out in that group, I want to ask you about Zach Littell, who the Twins acquired in that Jaime Garcia trade last year. So he went 19-1 and between single-A and double-A last year, a 2.12 earned run average, a strikeout per inning, and uh, and looked great numbers-wise across the board. I've never seen the guy pitch. He's 21 years old, but what are people saying about him? He was cut today, but it, he might maybe surface later this season. He was cut. Keep in mind, some of those cuts are just because they need to get guys over to the minor league side yeah. so that they can start building up their innings for their season start and so they can free up some innings over here on the major league side. Like Phil Hughes is going to throw a side instead of throwing in a game, in part because he just wants to work on his stuff. But I'd bet you also in part because they're just looking for innings for this starting competition. So Littell was a victim of that cut, along with guys like Felix Jorge, Dietrich Enns, and uh, and Lewis Thorpe was the other pitcher sent out. But Littell is an interesting one because it's not like he was you know a top-ten prospect. It's not a guy that prospect wonks are, are thumping their chest about saying, this guy is going to be great. But he succeeded at double-A, not just with 19 wins, but his peripheral stats are really good, too. And that's at a very young age. It's not like he's one of those guys that in his mid-20s is beating up on kids in double-A. He's a young guy for that league. Uh, I talked with our minor league guy, Jake Depew, here for a podcast uh, the other day when he was down in Fort Myers. And he said that just talking with evaluators, Littell might be one of those guys with just three pitches that could be major league average. And, and that sort of profiles to a you know, four or five kind of starter, number four, number five, which sounds like criticism, but really it's not. If if you can be that kind of a pitcher, uh, that has all kinds of values. Teams will take that all day to fill out a starting rotation. I don't think he necessarily climbs the target field this year, again, because he's so young and there's depth in front of him. But it wouldn't be shocking at all to see him in the rotation next year. And uh, and the only thing that we know so far about him is that he succeeded all along the way. And clearly uh, the Falvey-led regime was targeting him in that trade. So um, not not like earth-shattering roster news today, but those are some names to definitely keep an eye on. I think Zach Littell might be in the front of that line. Are we getting a bullpen cart? That's the only thing I care about. Before you come back, I want you to find Falvey, Levine, St. Peter, I don't care, Polad, who it is. I want to know, are we, now that the Diamondbacks have pulled the trigger, are we getting the bullpen cart that I've wanted for five years? I don't have the answer to that, Judd, but I think if you line up a sponsor, it's a done deal. (laughs) I mean, we could probably look at that for 1500 ESPN's hallways. They might be involved. Who knows? Well, Prime Mortgage Lending. Why not? Your sponsors off. Why, not? Years. Why not? I want Judd to get the credit for this. Wow. Perk, uh, too. Perk, well, Perk's Perk the one who brought it up a few years ago. Perk did as show. well. So, yeah. yes, exactly. You right. need to drive, right? Yes. 30 games. I'm in. <laughs> no more than drunk, 30. Drunk no, for 15 I'll stay, of them. No, I'll stay sober for the 30 games. Derek, goodbye. Good stuff. See you later. Travel Thanks. safely, I'll Wetmore. I'll see you guys in the Twin Cities. All, All right, right. Bye, guys. Wetmore from 1500ESPN.com and the Touch Em All podcast. Not much to ask, is it? 30 games.
Well, well you interned with Dave St. Peter back in the 80s, right? I've so more than our stars. You guys are, I'm trying to find out. You guys I'm, are not, tight. I'm not getting my messages returned right now about this. <laughs> so all I want is to find out, are we going to get the... You know what? Arizona has done it now, so it's just fine. Have you sent out messages and he hasn't responded to them? Uh, somebody uh, actually came up with a Photoshop Twins bullpen cart and said, get this done. And I copied Dave and said, it's not up to me. It's up to this guy. Oh, he's Twins ignoring press, you. And he's ignoring me. Dave, what kind of questions do you have for us next? I want to ask you something specific about the wild that actually came from a caller early on in the show and something uh, something about my travels that interested me. I'd like to ask you guys your thoughts. Phil Mackey. I like his odds of, uh, of replacing somebody on TNT. Judd Zolgad. Just a genuinely awesome guy, very giving of his time. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, he's Dave Harrigan, and he is here with some very important questions. You like that? You like that? Yes, we do. We like that, Kirk. Wild winners last night, pounding the hurricanes, as you guys spoke about that to kick off the show as a part of the opening bell. I got a call. My uh, fellow who wanted to know your thoughts on Jared Spurgeon, specifically of the Wild. There's a lot of good players on that team, and perhaps, as this caller uh, seemed to think, he's a guy that goes really unheralded amongst the group. So tell me, take a look at the roster. Where does he rank among the guys that, if you lose him, you're screwed? Well, I'll get out of the way for Judd to talk about this first, but I think think he's uh, definitely one of your most valuable players in his prime younger players, and he is great in those awkward air conditioning ads that you see all over Fox Sports North. It looks like an acting family. I think it's his well, real family. He looks like he's in eighth grade, first of all. He does. Doesn't like, help. He walks into the room, and the kids look older. And you're wondering, yes. is this, yeah, what is this? Oh, that's his family. <laughs> My, Are they paid actors? We're not sure. My family and I believe that air conditioning is great. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Who's worse, him on the air conditioning commercials or, or Suter on Quick Trip? <laughs> I always love to get my gas where I can get my, my eggs. My I love I love to get my family healthy food as he's grabbing <laughs> like a Caesar gonna, salad. That's what I was going to say. I was going to bring up can you, Ryan Suter. Now, God bless Quick Trip because I stopped there. But he oh, signed a sure. 13-year, $98 million contract, and I'm supposed to believe that this guy stops by, gets his gasoline, <laughs> and gets home to the wife and kids with Caesar salad. <laughs> hey! Hey, I went big time! Oh, the bananas were only 39 cents, too. <laughs> I love to shop healthy. That was amazing. We're all on a special quick trip diet. <laughs> Oh, who wants cheese mountain pizza? <laughs> anyway, oh. all right, Spurgeon. Oh, there have been some bad. We should do a segment sometime on com- athlete commercials in this town. Oh, I bet we could YouTube. A well, few the of Tim, them. the Tim Laudner ones, where he's waking up in bed with the Jeff, Jeff Belzer. Belzer guy, JeffBelzer.com. Where he's like sleeping with Jeff Belzer. It's Jeff- not easy to do commercials, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what was it? Oh, Spurgeon. Oh, yeah, I'll get back to that question. Yeah, so how important I, oh, is he? he is, Where does uh, he rank among the guys that you lose him, you're screwed? Oh, incredibly high. He is the best defenseman on this team. He is the, be- he is the best defenseman on this team. He is that reliable. He is. Uh, he creates offense. Suter's having a nice year, and, and he's good. But in my opinion, Spurgeon, if you were to rank the most unappreciated, 
underappreciated athletes in this town. Spurgeon is top three. He's the he's, that good. he's the number one Spurgeon in Minnesota sports history on a short list. <laughs> and he's just and it's amazing because if you stand by that guy, he is a midget. He is a little guy. But for him to be as good and that's a liner. <laughs> he's blocking shots. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. Huge fan. Tournament time, boys. Boys say hockey tournament is underway. Matamidi up one zip over Mankato East Loyola in the first. But let's talk basketball because the NCAA tournament is coming up. Big Ten tournament over. We discussed this a little bit last week, talking about the Gophers and the Big Ten tournament a week early. Well, the big tournaments come this week, and then we get brackets. I want to know, fellas, put a number on it, 1 to 10. What is your excitement level at normally at this time for the NCAA basketball tournament? And with all that's gone on with the FBI and the <laughs> gopher season going down the toilet, what's it at right now? Ordinarily, mine's probably at a – and I'm I'm not Mr. College Basketball. It's probably at a 6, though. Uh, right now, with how the gophers have, have failed us and – the NCAA investigation or the FBI investigation, I'd say it's probably at a four. But once it starts, I'll be excited. It happens every time. I, I always say, well, I'm sort of bored now, and the Thursday games start, and it's a great day. So it's probably off by a couple of ticks, but when the tournament starts, I'll, I'll look like a complete hypocrite and be excited about it. I haven't watched a full Gophers game since or a full college basketball game since Reggie Lynch was suspended. So it's been like three months, two, whatever, two months. I haven't watched. I did watch. I might be the same. I take that back. I watched a couple Big Ten tournament games this weekend. My dad likes to watch college basketball. Watch from start Arizona. to finish? Yeah. I okay. watched the, uh, one of the semifinal games from start to finish. And then we actually watched the Wichita State-Cincinnati top ten matchup, which was uh, on CBS. So we watched that. But that, like, those are the only two games in the last two months. Mm-hmm. So I would say ordinarily, ordinarily I'm like a 7 out of 10 for the NCAA tournament. When the Gophers are involved, I'm like a 10 out of 10. Now I'm just back to being a 7 out of 10. Because nothing, nothing that's been unveiled is shocking. It, I, oh, hey, you can't make money on the surface over here, so let's go to the black market and get you money. Like, we all knew that was happening. Now we're just starting to see specific players and coaches connect. The day so. the tournament starts, I'm always excited for it. So my excitement is down because of the Gophers, not because of scandals. That's pretty much it. Phil, you were in Arizona the last several days. I was in New Orleans the last few, spending my first quality time in that part of the country, aside from a layover in the Miami airport. That's it. And I learned something, boys. I learned a lot of things, in fact. But the one main thing I learned, I love the word or phrase, y'all. Yeah. It is a delight. <laughs> they, The people of New Orleans are for the most part, very cordial, very kind. You know, you go to any restaurant, the wait staff is wonderful. They are very generous. They are, and you, they can speak to you, and there's not really that much of an accent, but every once in a while, they'll drop a y'all on you. Little and Cajun. We need to bring that here. I'm done with you guys. I'm no longer, hey, you guys want to come over. It's officially, y'all want to come over. Well, then think about that. How and you and guys, you kind of have to, it's, it's not efficient. Mm-hmm. Y'all is efficient. Y'all can be, it's just a bunch of words jumbled in. It's you all. It can be other words that are meant to be in there. Mm-hmm. Efficiency with words. Every time I heard it, I smiled a little bit because it makes me happy, <laughs> and I'm going to start integrating that into my speech. I can only hope. 
I want to know from you guys and all your travels around the U.S., something, maybe it's a word, maybe it's a piece of the culture, a food, something from another part of the country you think should be ingrained in the Minnesota culture. And if you have anything that we should export to another part of the country, you can also let me know of that. I'm not sure about the exporting. I think we do enough of that with athletes who are groomed here and then go help other teams win championships. So I would like to keep things Our here. passive aggressiveness. How about that? Well, I'd like to take the passive out, and I'd like to be as aggressive at stoplights as New Yorkers are. If you guys have ever been at a stoplight, like downtown New York City. Well, they just honk the, the whole time. The second it turns green. Yeah. Like in Minnesota, it takes a lot for you to even tap the horn because you don't want to make someone mad. And then if someone honks at you, instead of being self-aware and wondering, oh, I wonder why. I was looking at my phone when the stoplight turned green. You get mad at the person Bleep who honked, them. right? No, in New York, as soon as the stoplight turns green, honk, 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 just to let everyone know, go, it's green, go, go, go. So I want to bring aggressive driving and honking from the East Coast <laughs> to the Twin Cities. How about hecklers then, too? I'm fine with, you know, I mean, heckling is no. That's another thing. You can bring that if you want. I just want to start with driving. More aggressive. I got uh, three things Ooh. for you. I got a beer, my beer, Yingling. And I had my first I'd Yingling. Like to, and? Cost me eight bucks. That's ridiculous. That was a little ridiculous, Should but the music was free. And it was actually, it was not too bad. It was a pretty good beer. I'll give you that. I would bring that from uh, Pennsylvania. I would like to bring the term from the South, sweetheart. I love sweetheart. Sweetheart was used a lot. I like sweetheart. It's it creepy. It's creepy in the Midwest. It makes me feel good. If you have a Southern drawl and you're a little older, it's it, 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 it's not quite as culturally creepy. I think in the South. I'm a or maybe creepiness is just more accepted culturally in the South. I don't know. I'm a Panera guy. After the show gets done, and there's one right near me in SLP, and the lady behind the counter who who uh, who takes my order is probably about. 65 or so, sweetheart every time. You call her sweetheart or no, she calls you? No, she calls me sweetheart. No, 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 I don't call her. She's like, I, I you know, I say I'd like the the salad of this sort. And she's like, is that all sweetheart? There's something also about a man calling a woman sweetheart. Yeah, that's creepy. That's creepy. No, I'm saying but I a woman want women, calling yes. a man, there's a double standard yes. there. In, in New Orleans, though, it's not creepy. My wife got a lot of sweethearts and babies. I was cool with it. What about, Bo- really? what oh, about really? the Boston Baby? sweetheart? Sweetheart. No, that's not acceptable. A little more creepy. No, I'll I'll throw fists. So so babies too. <laughs> yes. Really. Ego baby. Oh. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's a, that's sort of weird, but endearing, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're Sweetheart. right about baby. That's definitely a uh, thing. And and the the thing that I would bring from um uh Miami that area. White and, pants. And linens. the twins. No, not Don Johnson. <laughs> and the twins actually do a pretty good job at Target Field, but the real quality Cuban sandwiches. The real mm. because there's a big difference there. Are you ripping Antonio's Cuban sandwich? No, they're 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 pretty good. Shots fired. They're pretty good, but there's a lot of Cuban sandwiches. If if they are are the least bit heavy, they're really bad and it's gut rot. But if they're good, they're really good. So I would bring those three things. Beautiful, I can't sweetheart. Though. Those I like sweetheart. Uh, you should tell us about Prime Mortgage Lending here before we do anything else. Uh, yes, I will indeed. And I've, I've been talking about Prime now for uh, quite some time. The past few weeks of my friend Kent McCullough, and uh, what I've been talking about is a mortgage company's philosophy. And this is where where you've got your majority of mortgage companies, and then you've got Prime, and they've got a simple question 
or a statement for you. They would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. Now, you're saying to yourself, Judd, that sounds too good to be true. No way. They just want my business. No, they want your business, but they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. In fact, I've got uh, some uh, feedback here from folks who have done business with Prime, including they're the best, honest answers, and probably most importantly, would recommend to my family and friends. This is what the folks at uh, Prime and what Kent believe in. This isn't simply about selling you on something. This is a way to earn your trust first. This is how Prime works. It's why they are different from the other guys. This is about teamwork. It's about collaboration. What I want you to do is go check out Prime's website right now. It's goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Once again, goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Mackie and Judd back after this. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Bottom line is these two guys really like each other. Mackey and Judd. They've formed a special brotherhood. They've said, you know what? We can do this better together than apart. On 1500 ESPN. The brand new 1500 ESPN app is here. Stream live shows, download podcasts, read the latest sportswear articles, and more all in one place. And if you need more reasons to download it, we've got those too. We're spending the month giving away a $50 Red Cow Red Rabbit gift card every day and a 55-inch TCL Roku TV every week. But you have to have the app to access the entry form. Download the new 1500 ESPN app in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store and do it now. Hi, I'm Ryan Suter. How would you and a friend like to join me for lunch? And Quick Trip will pick up the tab. Win a chance to meet me. <laughs> oh, Dude, it's hilarious. I like to eat healthy. He, like His hand is reaching for... A seven-day-old Cobb salad in the refrigerated section. I fill up my gas tank, and I get my family dinner right here, despite the fact I'm signed to a 13-year, $98 million contract. <laughs> What's more likely, that Ryan Suter and his family have a live-in chef that cooks them only organic, grass-fed foods and meats, or that he stops at Quick Trip you, on the way home every night for dinner. You show up to camp in great shape, and you're approached about it. Ryan, what do you? what's different? The KT diet. <laughs> I've been on the KT diet. <laughs> <laughs> I found out when I was getting gasoline, I can get these really good salads, man. <laughs> what were the ones Maury used to do? The milk ones. Uh, yeah. He was just like pouring. He also he did the uh, the the Troy Palomalo, the uh, Head and Shoulders commercials too, yes. when he had the full head of hair. Those mm-hmm. actually weren't awful. They, I didn't. I mean, because they were. Those didn't. They weren't quite as funny. I mean, they weren't great, but they weren't as awful as I thought they might have been. They almost played into how wooden he was yes. as an actor. Really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 They were uh, <laughs> the quick trip. The, ones, uh, they're just like Ryan. We need your time. The, the Mauer MLB the show ones were him. It's like him without personality, just sort of on camera. Yeah. It's amazing. When I fill my gas tank up and buy my family dinner, can you imagine Ryan Suter going home to his wife? And say, I got dinner. Oh, that's great, honey. What'd you get? I got some uh, quick trip salads. <laughs> salads. We're going to eat salad tonight. Who wants bugles? <laughs> and I stopped and got croutons, too. <laughs> and they had some DVDs for four ninety nine. I don't know. This one's like an amalgamation of Harrison Ford movies that no one's ever heard of from the 80s. <laughs> Joe, Joe Maurer actually is the love child of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. He got Zach Parisi's looks. And kind of that, you know, that baby face and the hair early on. But Ryan Suter's personality, <laughs> down to a T. Oh, geez. I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm not sure. We have the two most boring star athletes, Joe Maurer in his prime and Ryan Suter. That's great. What was the other one? Ryan Suter did another one, too, where he was, like, on an ice rink skating or something. 
the hell was it? You know, I think it might have been a, like an air conditioning heating kind Maybe of deal. Maybe it was. Too. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. You got a chance to meet me. Yes. That's a, yeah, that's right. Last year. <laughs> now, was he the one that threw the check? There there was a wild player, I thought. No, no, no. That's way back. Cal Clutterbuck did the same ad before oh, he got that's traded. that's right. And, like, he threw a faux check on somebody. <laughs> and they go flying. And it's supposed to be funny. Hi, I'm defenseman Ryan Suter. Here in Minnesota, the weather can hit pretty hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so defend your family's comfort with Tempstar heating and cooling products. Now, me personally, I sleep in my car because I get my gas at Quick Trip, and I like my car a lot, and I just go back and forth to Quick Trip. I moved out of the house now. Uh, I was thinking the other way. Now, me personally, I signed a $100 million contract and uh, sleep in a hyperbaric chamber for nine hours every night. But if you're slumming it like, like most wild fans... It, if you made if you made as much as suits, would you even drive your own car to get gas? No, probably not. I mean, I'd be saying, just go wherever you want for gasoline. See, I'm not doing it. That's why, and Peyton Manning is a fraud. Like, Peyton Manning doesn't eat Papa John's. He owns Papa John's. He doesn't, not anymore. But Tom Brady takes a lot of flack for only doing high-end mattress commercials and watches. But you know what? That's more representative of the products he probably uses, having made $25 million a year for the last decade, right? He's the Ugg guy. Yes. He lives in Uggs. Yep. He, his wife yeah. is a supermodel, so he sleeps on $20,000 mattresses, wears the most expensive watches that you don't even see price tags on in the ads, and wears Uggs. Peyton's the, hey, this crap's good enough for use. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, pecking order when we come back. Vikings related, a little bit of reckless speculation. We'll do that when we come back from the TCL broadcast studios. Mackie and Judd.